Hey guys, how you living? Doing well? Good. Glad to hear that. So, I think the time change, plus me not uh, not following up uh, on on my guest, uh, kind of led it to where I was just led me to doing this one by myself, and I just uh, hung out with my guitar and I noodled around a little bit on guitar while I was telling a story about my high school and how there were only seven of us and I'm not going to divulge any more details because I want you to listen but uh, I kept this one right around an hour a little little more than an hour so uh, shorter than shorter than they have been lately and um, I rambled a lot just had stream of consciousness here and uh, that was nice I really needed to needed to talk needed to get some shit off my chest so I did that anyway um, please go to the Facebook page. Please go to the Instagram and the Twitter page and the GoFundMe also. I've linked up the GoFundMe link in the YouTube video chat for this episode. And also, it is pinned to the top of my Facebook page. And I think it's pinned to the top of my Twitter page as well. And... I think it is also in the bio of my personal Instagram page, the at Yonder Wizard, that you can also follow if you want to. W i z z e r d. What else do we got? Um, I don't really fuck with the Patreon anymore. Uh, if you guys want to be a part of that, by all means. But I don't upload things to that, so I would I would suggest that you not. Go to the YouTube page and click uh, subscribe at Kelsey Hudgens, K-E-L-S-E-Y-H-U-D-G-I-N-S. Please go subscribe to the YouTube page and get our uh, get our subscription numbers up. We're we're uh, above 250 right now. We're we're trying to get to 300, and that's our next goal. So help us get there. Share the page. Do all that you can to help spread the word that we're trying to spread here. And I really don't know what it is, and I say that a lot, but I kind of might know what it is. Like, I think that I just want people to be better. I just want people to be good people. That's all I really want. So help me do that. Help me spread this word. Um, Josh Gregory, uh, who, who was my guest today for this 5 o'clock spot that we um, I, I didn't follow up on, uh, and we both spaced out on that, so... Um, he may be coming back in tonight around the 9.30 hour. We're not sure about that yet. So you may be getting a Josh Gregory episode tonight. Not sure, but definitely tomorrow after trivia around the 10.30 hour. I'll be doing the Capital Punishment Talk per request of uh, uh, one of the listeners, Shane, and uh, one of my, one, actually my first girlfriend from back home when I was when we were kids. We were both kids. And um, she suggested we do a talk on capital punishment, so I told her to put together a panel, and that panel is going to consist of Patrick Hanna, Alicia Brown, who's done a lot of, who've done few episodes with me, and you guys are, are no strangers to them, and they you, but uh, Joey Bellamy, my buddy that I've, I've uh, shouted out a bunch on this this uh, this podcast, is going to be making his debut on the show with uh, with us to give his input on capital punishment, and then Tuesday. Not sure the time yet, but me and Jason Summers, who does uh, pretty much all the sports talks with me, we're going to be doing a sports talk coming up on Tuesday at uh, 
any given time. And where there's a lot to talk about, we had a little skull session last night about what we were going to talk about, and it's going to be a good episode. And I don't expect all of you guys to listen to the sports talks. So just just know that. So anyway, without further ado, episode number one twelve of In My Stuff. Enjoy, motherfuckers. Okay, so I am recording this now. Uh, Brother Josh, you was supposed to be here, but I, I, I think, and I'm taking the blame for this. This is this is my fault for. Uh, I didn't quite. What's up, diving? How's it going? What's up, Kimmy? I didn't have the chat open. Sorry, just now getting to it. Um, so yeah, I uh, let me bring this over here. Perfect. Um. Doing well, Divin. How are you today? Doing just fine. Um. So yeah, brother Josh Gregory was going to be part of this uh, part of this episode with me, and I didn't think about it until I started setting up the camera and everything over here, and uh, where I was like, I usually switch this chair that I'm in over to the guest position so that the guest can. Uh, you know, it's always good to take care of your guests. That's good, Divin. Good to hear that. Um. <clears throat> But uh, I I started texting him and was like, uh, hey, man, are we still good for for 5 o'clock? And I was like, I should have reconfirmed, but I'm lazy. And uh, I I just fucking forgot that that it was uh, the time, the the clocks were going forward an hour. So, so yeah, technically 5 would be, well, 5 would have been 4 then, right? But either way, I think the... The time change might have got old Joshy, but uh, that's fine. I uh, actually had had an interesting thing that I was going to talk about. I was a, I was actually let me let me let me text him right now and and, and let him know what I'm what I'm doing. Uh, I want to let these. I was telling this really hilarious story the other night, and it's it's kind of hilarious, but it's kind of not hilarious too. It's it's, it's a little sad. Uh, but there's humor to be found in it, which is the truth for any comedy, I think, right? Isn't that a truth for all comedy? It's like, uh, you know, there's, there's truth to be had in this, in this, uh, shit. What am I doing here? Uh, yeah, there, there, there's, a there's tragedy in comedy. Like uh, the Richard Pryor did it the best. He, where he talked about just, how you know he was like I'm pretty sure he he had bits about how he was like molested and things like that and um <laughs> so I, I was telling these telling these folks there, there's 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 comedy to be found in tragedy um I'm sorry I'm trying to to text this out and let these folks know I'm I'm uh telling this funny story that, that they were they were privy to before. And I and I could I'm pretty sure I've told this story before in the podcast, but it's been so long that it's worth noting again. You're gonna hear it to be found in tragedy. Um copy link. Copied. Get ready you There goes the neighbors. Am I uh, huh. That's kind of loud. That's fine, though. 
Um, anyway, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Divin. All comedians have a definitely dark past, and uh, that's one million percent the case. Um, I, and I, I feel... I feel that that's probably why, like they ha- they get to the point where well we have to laugh about it because we're uh, we're not going to be we're not going to be checking out anytime soon, so may as well get used to it. And I'm sorry, I'm just uh, sitting here staring at my phone for a second, but as soon as I send this to the folks, I need to send it to. Oh, so that's how you could do it. I didn't know you could. Okay, I didn't know you could tell specific. Uh, yeah, exactly. Telling the high school story. Okay, so uh, yes, it's a funny story. But because there's comedy to be found in it, but it's not exactly. There we go. That's better. Um, sweet, awesome diving. Appreciate that. Um, so yeah, when I, I'm just gonna get, we get on with the story. When I was in. Maybe I should back up a little bit further than where I was about to go. Okay. When I was uh, told you guys in the last episode that uh, my dad had grown all of this and this money that I gotten off of that accident. Or not in the last episode, but the last time we had. What's up, Rick? Appreciate your uh, appreciate your GoFundMe donation, buddy. I, 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 uh, well done on that. I'll tell you what. We're going to do this right here. Um. So, I was telling the story about my dad, that how about how he raised all of his money from the insurance settlement out of that wreck that I was in, or, or the the not the wreck, but the the falling off the car and all that business, and he ended up. Uh, Ended up doing all that stuff, and then I, I went to move and live with my mom for a little while, and I was uh, pretty much like kind of just pissing, just just like pissing all over everything my dad did for me by moving in with my mom. And after a couple of years of that, like I went, I failed the sixth grade twice, and they couldn't hold me back the second time after I lived with my mom. And then the seventh grade, I also failed, and I realized, <clears throat> excuse me. I realized that maybe, maybe, I'm realizing now, I guess, that maybe that kids who fail in school and don't do very well in school maybe just don't have the reinforcement at home, like the proper reinforcements and the the, the proper uh, support, I guess you could say, at home. And I really believe that that's an issue. And when I was living back in uh, in with my grandparents and my Aunt Marie, where my dad lives, and... Uh, when I was living, you know, living with those guys, I always had support. And, 
Um, and I even, I live with my dad and my stepmom and sisters for a little while, but I just live with my grandmother ever since I was a kid. And my dad knew that, you know, that's where I wanted to be. So he allowed that. And, uh, my grandmother was was one of those people who had everybody over at her house every day. Like all the kids were over her house at some point every day. Like it was literally like the only thing that was different was my dad didn't sleep there. He went home to go to sleep. Like that was the only the only difference. But it was one of those very tight knit families. Like a uh, we weren't Italian, but it was very Italian. You know, it's like uh, how uh, all the Italians always go over to the grandma's <clears throat> grandma and grandpa's house, and that's where everybody is all the time. That's how it was. So after I stayed with my mom for three years, I did sixth grade twice and seventh grade. So it should have been all of my middle school years, and I should have been in eighth grade. But because I had failed the sixth grade, there was this new Christian school that had opened up in in uh, Bennisville in my hometown. And uh, when I my cousins were going to be going there, my little cousin, uh, my little cousin Kelvin, and my little cousin Matt. So there was a Christian school that opened up, and I wanted to kind of go and uh, I wanted to go and do that because my uh, honestly because my cousins were, and it was a private school. It was cool. It was new, and I wanted to do something new. And I told them that I and it created a lot of animosity. It created a lot of trouble. Like where my dad was trying to get me to come back or to to move back home and. And he was doing it like, not in a negative way, but like he was just one. He knew how also how awful my mom was. What's up, heartbeat? How's it going? He just knew how awful my mom was, and just knew that I really didn't need to spend any time with uh, somebody like that. But he never said that. I just and he he would never he would never say that about my mom. He's a, he's a better man than that. But. He knew it was true that I didn't need to spend so much time with somebody that awful. And he was trying to get me to move back home. So when I finally decided to do that, it created a lot of trouble. And, of course, my mom was just saying all kinds of negative shit all the time about my dad. And and about my grandmother. And my grandmother, my dad's mom, was just... She was my mom. I called her mom for the longest time because my dad and uncle and my aunt Marie were always there and they all called her mama. So I just, I called her what they called her. But anyway, uh, my mom was always just saying negative shit about that. But I love my, I love my family and I love my dad's side of the family. And she had also almost turned me against them. But then when I realized that she was just manipulative, I was like, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to move back home and go to Christian school. I'm going to go to Christian school with my cousins. And the, the thing that's funny about this is that I would not have been able to go to that school had I not failed the sixth grade because I was a year older than their oldest uh, grade. So sorry to hear that heartbeat. I know it's awful. I know it's awful. But uh, And I had this conversation the other day in telling this story. Uh, with, uh, with my foot, with my, uh, couple of my friends that were at a gig I played the other night and <clears throat> I was like, yeah, except my, my mom is just like a, a, a horrible woman. Like she's just an old, <laughs> old bitch. I, I don't know how I said it. I said something really, really mean that I, that I, I usually don't say in front of, uh, in front of women, but I just don't. My, I have such strong negative feelings toward my mom that I couldn't hold, I couldn't hold those words in. But anyway. Anyway, 
I ended up going back to the Christian school, and this story is about that Christian school. So, they ended up having the oldest student enrolled was sixth grade age. So, every year they would add a grade. And this, this school started two years, uh, two years before I got there. So, when I went to Stevens Christian Academy for the first time, it was, uh, it was in my eighth grade year. In my eighth grade year, and I ended up doing really well there as far as grades and such. And and here's the thing, Heartbeat. My mom, and, and to side note, if you're listening to this, I'm also chatting along with my uh, my YouTube chat group. So if, if you're just hearing this audio, that's that's why I'm at, uh, talking to all these people that you can't hear. So I, I, I will say that in the intro so that you won't uh, freak out over it. But as of right now, in real time, that's what's happening. Anyway... My mom was a was a loving person, uh, and I don't mean to say that. Right on, Rick. I appreciate that. Andy Griffith is uh, Andy Griffith is my dad's favorite TV show and mine too. My name actually comes from an episode of Andy Griffith. It's a uh, Old Man Kelsey's Woods, Old Man Kelsey's Crick, Ernest T. Bass. My name came from that show. That's funny. You should say this. Anyway, um, and I appreciate all kind words, diving. But yeah, my mom was was a loving person, but I think that's the problem. I think she just smothered me. She she uh, like was I don't know trying to turn me into Norman Bates or whatever the fuck, but she just smothered me, and uh, I, I like I couldn't do anything that I don't know. She wanted to be involved in every part of my life. Like she wanted to just be in every part of my life, and it was just fucking terrible i hated it but like i said i went to the christian school for a little while and i get bored very easily you guys could probably tell i have add pretty bad but i get bored very easily so i ended up and i say i ended up a lot too uh forgive me for that um i may have smoked a little bit before i got started so sorry (laughs) anyway i Went back to the Christian school in eighth grade, and I, at this point, I was 13 years old. Which, uh, and I, one of my buddies, my my one of my first best friends, Chris Burks, brother Chris Burks, who who very well might listen to the podcast, but um, we started. What up, Jeannie? I'm glad you got the uh, glad you got the message. So Chris Burks had had started taking guitar lessons, and he had learned how to play like uh, the the. Remember in the last one, we were Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. We learned how to play that, which is also a wild thing. You make my heart sing, which is also the same thing. So. Um, So we, we learned how to do those chords, and uh, and Chris had started playing guitar at school, and 
and I saw I saw somebody uh, like these these girls in our class when Chris Burks opened his guitar case and pulled his guitar out and just did. He just strummed one chord, I remember, and it was a C chord. And these girls were like, he can really play. And I was like, I want in on that. (laughs) I want that. So I went, and uh, I had just recently been sitting on the, I was sitting on the front porch with my dad. How's this for an Andy Griffith story? I was sitting on the front porch with my dad, who avid Andy Griffith fan is sitting there just being Andy used to sit on the front porch and picking grin and singing a little bit but I heard my dad go a very simple version of Sweet Home Alabama and my dad's from Alabama so I was like well if you can do that I want to learn how to do that Uh, and I was like I want you to teach me how to play guitar and he said if you want to learn how to play guitar you got to go Ask your granddad. Go ask your granddad. And uh, he's he's the musician. He's the one that needs to teach you. So I was like, all right, I'll go ask my granddad. So my granddad showed me the same three chords, the G, the C, and the D. And said, you can, you can learn any song you want now, play any country song in the world. And I think I told this story in the last time we had a one-on-one uh, with, the, with the YouTubers like this. But um, noodling session, so to speak. Um, but anyway... I uh, started playing guitar and was like, okay, this is it. Me and my buddy Chris, who had already, he had already been playing drums for a while. He was a drummer, but he wanted to learn how to play guitar. So uh, me and him, after I learned how to play guitar, we started a band and we just called it Kelsey and Chris. And for a while it was just Kelsey and Chris. And then we were forgiven. Is that the name of the band? I think we were forgiven for a while. We were a Christian band. And we had a CD, and, and no originals, all covers, and and anyway, we had uh, had that CD, and we did a few shows at churches all around, and we went. Uh, and there were there were times when we would play churches, we'd have to drive for over an hour or a couple hours to get there, and Chris's parents would Chris's parents would drive us there until a couple years later when I was 15 and I got my license so we could we could do gigs as long as we were back home by 6.30 or 8 during daylight savings time because that was when you had to stop driving in South Carolina if you had like a, a, a basically like a beginner's license like a, I can't remember what they called it but anyway um, told you that story to get to this story so I, at that point I was very involved in the school, in the church, in the Christian school, in the church, and uh, I was very, very involved in the church band and all that nonsense. So it got me really, really, really like committed to this place and this school. So after a few more years, I stayed there for the eighth grade and I stayed there for the ninth grade. And then I decided that I wanted to move back in with my mom for whatever reason. I had, I had, a, I had already started drinking at this point and I had already started smoking pot at this point. And I was like, I, I, my, my, uh, my grandparents, the, in my, my dad's side of the family, they were very Christian and they were very like against me doing anything like that. 
but I really wanted to do that stuff. So I kind of wanted, I kind of wanted to go live with my mom because she let me do whatever I wanted to do. Literally. Like, I mean, like I could do whatever I want. And that sounds like it's awesome for a kid, but it's really, really the worst thing that could happen to an 18 year old. But, um, I, I got involved in just a bad group of folks and just partied and drank all the time. And I ended up failing the 10th grade. So when I failed the 10th grade, I was like, okay, this, there's a common denominator here. I just can't pass when I'm in ladder. And I, and I, I will say I never did a stitch of homework my entire time in school. I never did any homework. I would just take the C, take the D. I would take my homework. I would take my zero in homework and just let my test scores and my quiz scores and all of the other like stuff like that. And I would always do like written reports because I like to write. But I would just take the zero on homework and just, just get a D and pass with a D. And I was that. I was a D student for sure. And... I realized that, I, okay, I just need to go back home. So I went back home, and I had to repeat the 10th grade. And I repeated the 10th grade. All my classmates who were, all my classmates were just like a, a grade above me, and that's just really embarrassing and demeaning, but it is what it is. It's what happened. So I wanted to graduate with my class. So here's the part of the story that you guys didn't hear the other night, Jeannie. Um I wanted to pass and graduate with my class, but here's the thing. My class was going to graduate next year, and I was two years away from technically graduating. So I talked to my administrator, and I was like, is there any way that I could take my 11th grade classes in summer school? Is there any way that I could take my yeah like take all my necessary? Because I only needed like three credits to advance to to twelfth grade because the program that the the school system the Christian school used was called the Abeka Pro A B E K A the Abeka program and and anyway I took all of my necessary courses in summer school that year so I could skip the 11th grade so basically I skipped the 11th grade yes they did they gave me the option of summer school so that I could graduate with my class and this is also at the point to where this is also to the point where I had already turned 18 I would already inherited the money that I was gonna, I was getting, and all that. I had all this money, and they let me graduate with the class, and I had, I'd blown all of this money that I had, but I had like five thousand dollars left, and I, the school wasn't doing good. They were struggling to literally keep the lights on because it was a Christian school. They would say, okay, well, you don't have the money to to pay us right now. You can get us later. And they were just big hearted Christian people. And they allowed too many people to get behind in their tuition, I believe. And they were just weren't doing very good with dollars. 
So I donated $5,000 to the school so that they could pay bills and whatnot. And it was my last $5,000, and I uh, said, the Bible says you're supposed to tithe a tenth of what you receive. And since I gave my mom $50,000 and kept $50,000, my tithe would technically be $5,000. So I said, I'm going to donate my my tithe. I'm going to donate my, my 10% to the school. And it was a very big deal that that had happened. And... The school was fine, but we graduated. And here's the deal. There were seven of us. There were only, from K through 12th grade, there were, I think, uh, the there were less than 140 students. There were less than 100 students. And actually, there, there had to be more than 100 students because when the Pentecostal Holiness, it was the Pentecostal Holiness Church, when the Pentecostal Holiness Conference took over this school, they had a limit, like you have to have this amount of students to be considered uh, an accredited school. So we had, like I said, seven of us in the graduating class. And the year after we graduated, it dropped the there weren't enough kindergarten students that enrolled that year to uh, accommodate for the amount of seniors that we had lost that year. Therefore, the high school was no longer uh, an accredited program. So they, the school had to close down and all the students had to disperse to either Scotland Christian Academy or Marlboro County High School, which all of my three baby sisters went to this school and two of my baby sisters transferred to Scotland Christian and my oldest little sister uh, transferred to Marlboro County High School so that uh, she wanted to go off to college and do different things. And I believe that Marlboro County High School probably gave her the best uh, situation to do that. But, but the school closed down literally right after we graduated. And you guys remember me telling you that I, that we were the first graduating class this school would have because it added a grade every year to accommodate for the students that would return. So after we graduated and the school shut down, that meant that me and six other students are the only graduates ever from Stevens Christian Academy. And if we wanted to go, if we wanted to go to college and we try to fill out our application to go to college and they're like, well, we need your high school transcripts, then where do we call to get the transcripts? And I'm like, well, there's an issue there. See, the high school that I graduated from is, uh, the high school I graduated from is no longer a school and it's not, uh, there's nobody there. If you call, there's nobody to answer the phone to get the transcripts. I can try the best that I can. And my stepmom, who is the etiquette teacher and the secretary is actually the one who ended up pulling through for everybody, all of my classmates and getting everybody's transcripts so that they could go to college. And uh, what's up, Mike? How you doing, buddy? 
Um, so yeah, my stepmom's the one who ended up getting the uh, getting the transcript for everybody and saving the day for a lot of people, really. And uh, so that being said, they're out of seven people, me and six other people. I'll go get my tankard one day and, and show you my, my, my tankard with just literally seven names on it. So you're like, there's no way it was seven. But it was seven of us. And so, yeah, my stepmom got me my transcripts and got all my classmates theirs so that we could go on and try to get a college degree or do something like that. And have you guys ever heard a story like that? Have you ever heard any, like, a, a, from a school and... Not only that, I will say one thing about, um, I will say one thing about, uh, about this school is the Christian school that I went to, the Abeka program. I'll tell you what they did tell me, teach me how to do. They taught you how to write checks. They taught you how to balance a checkbook and, uh, yeah, right. I will, I will, I will dive and I'll, I'll, I'll definitely grab that, but, um, But it's like they they did teach you how to how to like write checks and balance a checkbook and uh, do certain things like there was there was a short section of that in like algebra honestly I believe it was like algebra where where they taught you how to do stuff like that and things that would be beneficial outside of you know the the school because let's be honest most math unless you're Considering a career in mathematics or teaching or whatever have you, a lot of the shit you learn in mathematics is in no way necessary. Is no way necessary to know. There's no reason why you should know all that shit in 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 math. I hated math. I was so bad at it. Somebody asked the other day if it was a if uh, it was true that musicians were really good at math, and it's not. Thanks, Mike. I don't know why YouTube wants me to uh, watch this Ron White dicking around with Tiger Woods video, but I'm gonna have to check it out after this. I actually just got a message from Josh. Let's see what Josh is talking about here. Uh, he said, let's see, can we do another do tonight? It might can be done tonight. Uh, I'll hit you up after this. Sorry, y'all. Um, yeah, all right. Cool. Um, we might end up doing another episode tonight. I'll, I'll, I'll get up with him after um, after this. I was awful at math too, Divin. I just here's the thing: I didn't understand anything that they were telling me to do. 
I didn't understand any of the lingo, and and I think that it was because I I told you guys last time I missed the little the little section of school where they introduced multiplication tables. So by the time I went back to school, everything required you to know your multiplication tables, and I just didn't. And uh, I I I don't know. It was just bad timing for an accident, but. I say bad timing for an accident. I, I, everything that has happened in my life so far has been great timing because I would not have ended up right here. And I don't think I can imagine myself being anywhere except for right here in my life right now where I'm at. And all these decisions that have occurred, all these things that have happened have led me right back to right here where I am. So I'm grateful for all of those, all of those things. So maybe that's just how it was supposed to happen. Maybe I was just supposed to suffer those years just so I could. (laughs) Maybe I was supposed to suffer in those years just so I could end up here. But anyway, the humorous part of this story is the fact that me and seven other students are the only student, only graduates ever from Stevens Christian Academy. And whenever you're like, okay, I'm on the phone with, uh, I was trying to get into, ah, fuck, what was it, East Carolina? I was trying to get in, into East Carolina. And by the way, East Carolina is the party school in North Carolina. And it's, so Playboy Magazine ranks party schools every year like they they have a a top 25 ranking of of the best parties and the most parties at all of the schools and east carolina like back in the 90s won like four or five years in a row and the la- the next year that they would have won, they weren't ranked at all. And at the bottom, in a disclaimer note that said, and as for East Carolina, we don't rank professionals. So I wanted to go to East Carolina. I don't uh, It was a party school. I wanted to be there. And uh, you're absolutely right. You got to suffer a little bit to get where you actually actually are. And I think that's, uh, I think that's true. It, it, it does mold us into something better and, and I go back to the thing about the comedy, like uh, comedians and such. I watch a lot of comedians on podcasts and interviews and things that talk about the bad shit that happened in their lives. And they're just so open and so transparent about it. That that's, there was always magic in that to me. They were like, okay, so that's the way to gain power over something that controls you is to just talk about it. Just let it out. Just let it, just let it, let it air out. And, I'm glad that everything happened the way that it did. And I honestly wouldn't change anything. Even my mom being awful. I wouldn't change that because that is like... That's made me... That's made me a lot different. As far as knowing that... If there's toxicity in your life... That it just needs to... You need to purge yourself of this toxicity that's in your life no matter where it comes from. And I would not have learned that lesson had it not been for my mom doing all the things she did.
So, yeah, I guess that's the, basically the story that I was going to tell. Oh, you want to hear something crazy about the gig last night? Not crazy, but just funny. So I have these. I have this table of older folks at the gig last night, and they were really responsive, and they were they were kind. They clapped after every song, whether they wanted to or not. And oh, I know it does, Mike. Uh, and and I say this to a lot of people. I have no problem forgiving somebody who does who does something something wrong, but. For some reason, my mom does not fit in that category. Like, I just, I don't know what it will take for me to move on from that and just let, let it go. But, and and I have a lot of people who tell me like, uh, the, the drummer, the, the drummer in the band, Smitty, for, for those of y'all, y'all know who knows Smitty, but for those of you who don't, the drummer in the band that I'm in says all the time, like, or, or said once, you know, I was in this. I was I, and he and he did something once to to somebody and that wasn't that wasn't like validated and I mean I I, I didn't say that to him but I, I uh, it wasn't validated in, in like where he 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 did something to like hurt somebody's business or whatever have you and and like not not in like I don't want to give give too much too much information away but for those of you who know the situation you'll know the situation but he was like this guy pretty much fucked him over on a situation and he went a little overboard in retaliation basically and he was like you know I had to forgive this person for doing this thing you know I had, I had to purge myself of that I had to forgive them for doing what it was that they did to me and I felt so much better for forgiving them for what they did to me and the whole time I'm thinking like this is not exactly the same because my mom actually did something to me like that physically or mentally scarred me for my entire life. And that's really something that's hard to give or to forgive rather than forgiving somebody for doing something that really, really was not exactly their fault in, in a, in a sense. But like my mom the the things that she did to me and the thing the, the way that she the way that she treated me and used me basically is not something I'm prepared to forgive like and and here's the thing and I I made I made it made it very very clear to myself and even when I pray to God I made it very clear I, I, that I don't plan on forgiving her like I, I know that it's you have to forgive to be forgiven or whatever and if that's the that's the case then I'll I'll take my stripes when they get here but I just I, I don't see myself being able to ever forgive her for that but but you never know time time heals all wounds time wounds all heals. Let's, uh, before I go too far down that road again, my mind always takes me there. Mine always takes me to that spot. I don't know why. Let's do another original song that you guys haven't heard. That cool, y'all? Let's do this. I wrote this song, by the way. A lot of people think that they have me figured out politically. And they have me figured out whenever they hear this song. And somebody mentioned it one time to me and was like, uh, "Oh, well, you don't lay down your politics in this song at all. Like, we don't know, we don't know where you where you stand at all politically, do we? You sure don't say it in this song." And like sarcastically saying that, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you 
you, you, you shouldn't be able to tell where my politics lie in the song. And then I listened to it again and I was like, I think that maybe they, they could, they could take something from this and, uh, piece together what I think politically maybe but that is assuming if you don't know when the song was written this song was written before the Hillary Hillary Trump election this this song was written before Trump was elected president and I I, I just say that because there's a few lines in the song that may seem like matter of fact I'll tell you the line the line is uh uh, doing right despite our losing and uh, doing right despite our losing does not mean that the team that I wanted to win the election lost it just meant that we lost by being handed the candidates that we were handed and I really believe that America lost by having to choose between Hillary and Trump I just I believe that was a big loss from my own perspective and I don't get political too often but i just don't believe that i don't believe that america was given the best choices and uh how did how did norm say it (laughs) everybody hated hillary clinton so much that they voted for somebody they hated more so that's how norm said it but this song is simply called america and it's about the state of the country in a, in uh, mid 2017, so before the election, obviously that was that was before the election, right? It was mid 2017 or 16. I don't know. It was before the election, and I wrote this in the summer of when when, when they were they were still in uh, on the campaign trail. The song called America. <laughs> From a land of rifles, Thursday evening tent revival, dusty fields and dusty Bibles. Don't nobody read no more. Waging war against who ain't fighting, feet in mouths and barkers biting. Too much wrong and no one writing, cause don't nobody write no more. Wading water deep and wide from near the shore up mountainside. There ain't nowhere good here left to hide no more. Lifting heavy, breaking backs, then overdose on what we lack. No one knowing how to act in America. Here in America. Here in America. They say this world is changing Need to do some rearranging All's well if you're the same After all the changing is done Cause they build it on our shoulders Said the bronze is getting golder And we bought all they ever sold Lord, and we did so with a smile Wading water deep and wide From near the shore up mountainside There ain't nowhere good here Left to hide no more Lifting heavy, breaking backs, and left to pick up all their slack. No one knowing how to act in America. Here in America. 
here in America Beaten down but pulled together Shook the ashes off our feathers Broken free from every tether they'd provide Handed wrong and still refusing Doing right despite our losing Being lied to ain't amusing America Waiting water deep and wide From near the shore of mountainside Cause there ain't no place good here Left to hide no more Lifting heavy breaking backs And by our feelings off the rack No one knowing how to act in America Lifting heavy, breaking backs, just waiting for our next attack. No one knowing how to act in America, here in America, here in America. Well, I hail from a land of rifles, Thursday evening tent revivals, cotton fields and dusty Bibles, don't nobody read no more. A song called America there for you. That's how I feel about it. Still how I feel about it. Everybody's buying their feelings off the rack. You know, that's my favorite line in that song. And I think it gets skipped over too much because not many people know what buying your feelings off the rack means. So, any of y'all ever seen the movie uh, Harlem Nights? I was talking about Richard Pryor earlier. This is Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Red Fox, uh, Charlie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, uh, Jasmine Guy, uh, Danny Aiello, um... So many, so many studs in this. Thanks, Mike. So many stud actors in this movie and actresses in this movie. And uh, anyway, uh, there's a scene in the movie where um, Richard Pryor he runs this he runs this nightclub, right? This after hours joint, and it's uh, illegal. It's during like I'm pretty sure that this is during uh, maybe during Prohibition, but it's 100 percent like where nightclubs and things like that are illegal and gambling and all this stuff is illegal and anyway Richard Pryor runs this after after hours joint and uh Danny Aiello's character is a is a is a, a detective and he ends up excuse me he ends up uh going to Richard Pryor's house Danny Aiello's character ends up going to Richard Pryor's house and uh breaking into his house and he's waiting there for him when he, when Richard Pryor walks in. Richard Pryor walks in and he goes, I heard that you, uh, I heard that you own one of the hottest after hours joints in the town called Sugar Ray's. And he was like, me? Sugar after hour joints? He's like, man, I heard you could drink, fuck, gamble. And, and he's like, drink, fuck, gamble at my place? And he's like, man, I'm on a candy store for 20 years, 27, or however many years it was. The Roaring Twenties, that's right, Mike. Um, he was, uh, he was like, man, I'm on a candy store for however long. Like, um, And he's like, well, you know, everybody must be buying up all the candy. They're not, there not must be a N-word in the street with a healthy tooth in their mouth. And he's like, uh, um, you 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 sit here and you you live in this house this nice house 
and you wear these nice suits. And he was like, uh, oh, you know, I appreciate he made a compliment on his suit. And he was like, oh, I appreciate the compliment. I'll give you my tailor's number. He was like, oh, no, I buy off the rack. And Richard Pryor says, he says, really? You buy off the rack? Your suits fit you so well. And I realized that back in the day, most people went to a tailor. And it wasn't very often that most people in those situations had clothes made for them that fit them rather than buying off the rack. And I thought... That means that people build, people make so many suits of clothes and just hang them up on the rack. And people come in and buy them, and they're like, okay, well, this doesn't exactly fit me perfectly, but it's close enough. Like, this is, this is pretty good. So I thought about that and was like, people do their feelings like that too often. All too often do people buy their feelings off the rack. All too often do people, like, say... Well, I want to support. I want to support this candidate, or I want to support this this cause, or I want to support this this thing. And they don't. And I may, may mention this, like they don't know what all that means. They don't know what them watching or, or watching. They don't know what them supporting or uh, being on the side of this certain candidate or this certain. Uh, I say candidate for lack of a better term, just because I'm trying to make this analogy as uh, relatable as possible. Um, People don't, uh, they don't take into consideration what they should feel. They just buy off the rack. They're just like, okay, why everybody else is feeling this and I should too. And, I'm totally against that. And I find myself so much like seeing, especially in the South, where people's like, okay, we have to be a Republican or you have to be a Trump supporter to be down here because that's what everybody else is. Or you have to be, you have to like country music because that's what everybody else down here likes. Or you have to like metal because that's what everybody else down here likes. Or whatever, insert genre. Or you have to... TV shows or whatever have you. I don't know. All, all of these things that everybody just all willy-nilly jumps on board with. And I'm just not sold on that. I'm not sold on that. And I, I want to make up my own ideas. I want to feel the way that I feel. I don't want to... Exactly. Hive mind, Mike. I don't want to feel the way that everybody else does. I want to react the way that everyone else does. And I don't want to fall under the same set of uh what's the word I'm looking for? I don't I don't have the same convictions that everybody else has. And I don't have the the I think that's a good way to say it. I don't have the same convictions that everyone else has. I don't have the the will to um I don't I don't care as much about what other people think. I don't I don't care as much about what because that's their life. That's them doing their thing. I don't really I don't really care so much about or take into consideration that I might want to do the same thing that they're doing because that's them doing their thing. I feel like the feelings aren't cuss aren't custom to the person as much as they are just adapted by everybody else around them. And 
I see you see it in just about every feel good movie that you watch that not everybody is interested in not everybody is interested in the same things that they're acting like they're interested in like for instance if there's a a group of people who are all like seven people and they say okay six of them really want to go and egg these people's houses but one of the one of the kids uh, mentally is like I really don't want to do this I don't agree with that that's not something that we should do I don't I really don't want to do that, but because they're wanting to impress their friends and not make their friends think that they're uh, chicken or whatever have you, they'll go do this thing that they totally don't agree with just to be counted amongst a group. And I think that's a really bad problem in America right now is that too many people are too many people are wanting to be counted amongst a group and and not enough people wanting to be themselves and. That's what the world is lacking. The world is lacking originality. And there's so many people who have so much that they could offer to the world. And we'll never get to see that. Because all they all they care about doing is the same things that's going to impress the other people that... Uh, the other folks that... The other folks that are in their circle of friends, so to speak. And nine times out of ten... Those sort of those sorts of people and those sorts of friends don't last, and those people always end up hurting your feelings in a way, and where you're like, once you see, oh shit, I've made a mistake. I should not have been hanging out with this person for as long as I have, and once you see it, it's impossible to unsee it. Once you see that, okay, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done all those things that I didn't want to do, and I've compromised who I am and what I believe because I wanted to impress a group of people who now I really don't even care about. And then, I think a lot of a lot of the thing that comes from broken friendships or broken relationships are just that and uh, not to go back there but my mind always takes me there even with my relationship with my mom it's not as much about what my mom did to me or what my mom put me through as it is that I was embarrassed that I didn't see it sooner you know I was embarrassed that I avoided what I believed and what I really thought about life to accommodate to uh, to her and to what I thought she might want me to do rather than trying to do what I thought was right. And now I realize that I was just embarrassed because I gave half of a very large sum of money that I inherited to her and my stepdad to after she put the idea in my head that I should do that you know as an 18 year old if you want to make money give this money to your stepdad and he'll he'll be able to double your money in no time and obviously that's not how it worked out no fault of my stepdad's which I never want my stepdad to uh, and uh, God rest his soul I never want my stepdad to uh be the brunt of any of this negativity that I'm saying. It was not 
he was not at fault here. This was all my mom's doing, and she manipulated both of us into doing something that we wouldn't have done otherwise. Like, neither one of us would have done that. But she did that. And, and a lot of relationships end that way. It's not as much how the relationship ended or what they did as much as it is that you're just embarrassed that you don't see through somebody quicker. My sinuses are killing me. I woke up and it was 73 degrees in my house because I still had the heat on from a couple of days ago. And it's in the 70s outside right now. So I have to relearn how to sing again with my fucking sinuses draining. All those years of putting powder and shit up my nose. It's eating away at all the cartilage in there. (sighs) Bad decisions are, are just... I was going to say contagious. And they kind of are. Bad decisions are, are, are contagious in a way. But, man, how are bad decisions such good ideas at the time? <laughs> uh, I remember I was having this conversation recently uh, talking about powder and, 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 and cocaine. And, like, just being like, I remember those nights when I would do that shit and lay in bed, like, and lay in bed and just be like, God, please just let me get through this night. Just let me get through this night. Let me fall asleep. Let me fall asleep and wake up with everything okay in the morning. And I promise I'll never do this again. And the next day you, you go out and you live your day and then you walk around and you're like, okay, what am I going to do? Guess it's time to start finding something to put up my nose now. And it's like every single day. It was the best idea that I had had. Like, let's 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 get some more cocaine and just stay up all night doing that shit. And then after it's gone, it was the worst idea that you've ever had. And you either want more or you want to just die. And that's not a safe way to live. That's not a good way to live. But I I regret all the time that I did all did all of that shit. But I really do. Like I said earlier, everything that I've done has led me to where I am now, so. Everything I've done led me here, so. I guess this is where I'm supposed to be. I didn't finish the story I started earlier. (laughs) I'm bad about that, and I'm sorry, but I try to tie all loose ends. I'll tie this loose end up, and then I'll let you guys go on about your day. Um... So there were these old ladies sitting at this sitting at this table. They were very respectful, clapped after every song. But I did a few songs that I knew that they would, I knew that, that table would like. And then one of the ladies approaches me and it's like, play something a little upbeat that we can dance to. And I was actually every time between songs I do this, I do like a little. Uh, something like that just so there's not dead air whether I know what I'm going to play or not I don't I don't need to know what I'm going to play yet to do this and and in that time while I'm thinking there's no dead air and I hate dead air so um I heard over them doing over me doing this I heard them say 
Oh, this is a slow song. I wish you'd play something fast that we could dance to. So immediately I go... And just start strumming like that. And then I hear them start laughing. So I don't know that they don't understand that a musician hears everything. We hear everything. We hear fucking everything. Like if you're sitting at your table saying something about us while we're playing a song, we can probably still hear you. And not only that, I was also a bartender for a very long time. Bartenders hear everything. So being a bartender and a musician, I feel like I double hear everything that everybody says. So... So that being said, I started playing a fast song, and they didn't move. like They didn't get up and dance or anything like that. And then they were saying, can you play something that we can dance to? And I started thinking, like, there was this girl, one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. And she danced her, um, forgive me, amazing ass off. At every single song we played, and I was I was playing with my electric band, the American Sound, at, at uh, Bubba's Love Shack here in Merle's Inlet, and she danced her ass off to every single song we played. And I was thinking to these women, I was like, "Listen, you want me to play a song that you can dance to to your limited ass dance moves? <laughs> if you want to play a song I can dance to, every song is a song you can dance to if you can fucking dance." Like, Jesus Christ. Don't come up here and be like, like, bitch about the stuff that I'm playing because it's not uh, Twist and Shout by the Beatles, which I played for them, by the way. I played Twist and Shout and... Uh, I played Twist and Shout and they were, like, literally just, like, standing in the middle of the room, like, not even dancing. Like, they weren't doing anything. They were just kind of moving. I'm sorry if any of those people watch this podcast or anything. I don't. I really don't fucking care. But I'm sorry. I'll say I'm sorry for the sake of saying it. But they yeah, they weren't dancing at all. I was like, if this is how you dance, you are very limited on the shit that you can move to. So just get off my nuts. I'm hoarse. I can't even do it. Anyway, we're 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 we've passed an hour. I went really long last time we did a talk like this, and uh, there may be more. There may be more. I'm gonna sit this down here. There may be more coming. Sorry, maybe more coming later on. Uh, uh, Brother Josh has uh, texted me a couple times. Um. Um. Yeah. So. Joshy may be coming back. He says that uh, we may end up be uh, being able to do this after nine thirty ish tonight. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm not going to commit because I could very well just just end up uh, smoking more and getting on the couch and just not really feeling up to it later. But you never know. We we could end up doing another one this evening. And also uh, for the for the YouTubers, if um, uh. If you're interested, I will be doing a uh, talk tomorrow night around, I would say, the 1030 hour with uh, Patrick Hanna, Alicia Brown, and Joey Bellamy. You guys haven't met Joey Bellamy yet on the podcast. Uh, He's a very good friend of mine. I don't want to divulge how I've mentioned who he is yet, just in case he doesn't want to do that or, or doesn't want 
to be known as of, as who I've mentioned him as. So we'll wait till tomorrow night to to see if he's fine with that. But anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about capital punishment. We're talking about the death penalty and how it affects how it affects people and just what what we feel about it and what we think about it. And I've been doing a lot of research on like strange. Uh, death penalties across the world and across the country, and um, my one of my be- one of my one of my best friends from back in high school. Actually, one one of my one of the first my, my first real girlfriend actually that that I, uh, I had sent me a message and was like, "Let's do a can you do a talk on capital punishment? I'd like to hear you, you guys' opinion on that." So that's coming at you tomorrow night around ten thirty. So there'll be a lot of episodes coming at you this week. Um, Tuesday, I'll be doing a sports talk with Jason Summers, and uh, that's going to be that's going to be. Um, at, I'm not sure exactly what time on Tuesday, but that'll be a sports talk. So I know a lot of the YouTube folks aren't as interested in sports as uh, so. I, obviously, I don't expect you guys to. Uh, I don't expect you guys to uh, to hang out for the entire sports talk and such just to just know that know that i don't i don't know and, and, and also i know a lot of you guys uh have come over from jamie deluxe's channel and i want this to obviously be known i noted that a lot of you guys are also mods on his page give him your loyalty first like he is your jamie jamie is uh jamie is where where you guys came from and i really appreciate you guys um hanging out in my channel but definitely give jamie your your utmost attention like if he starts a video at some point while i'm doing this please go do your um uh uh, moderator duties on his channel and, and hang out with him because uh i do not want to take anybody away from him at all and uh i really appreciate all the good shit that he's been doing for me lately and uh, all of his kindness. Appreciate you, brother Jamie. Love you, buddy. Um, so yeah, I think that's all I got for you today, as far as uh, content goes. Like I said, we may be back with you here later on, but I'm gonna go ahead and let you get about your day, and I'm gonna say most of this stuff again here in the intro in just a second for the YouTubers, but for audio folks, you've already heard it. So please. Uh, also, I'm going to say this twice in the episode. Uh, please hit up the GoFundMe. Um, it's getting to the point where I'm at 92% maxed out on my space on uh, Potomatic. So I'm literally a month away from having to upgrade, and that's a $500 upgrade that I'm going to have to pull off. So any donation that you guys can drop, uh, appreciate you, Stoney. I really appreciate that. Um, any any of you guys that can that could help out on the GoFundMe, I'm actually gonna gonna drop on uh gonna go ahead and drop the uh drop the link in the chat right now. And here's this. I'm gonna I'm gonna do more live streams like this, Tony. Uh, I appreciate your. Uh, appreciate your being a part of it but yes if if uh, you guys can help out at all it's uh the gofundme link i just dropped in the chat is we're literally about to have to drop or i'm literally about to have to drop 500 bucks on upgrading the 
upgrading the storage on our podcast page, which will also give us like a Weebly uh, web website and. It'll get, I'm pretty sure that I can link up donations on that page, so it won't be... Because GoFundMe just kind of seems slimy to a lot of people because I've seen a lot of people post GoFundMe things just because they're needing to buy drugs and shit. But that's not what this is for. All of these things have come from GoFundMe, and the whole podcast has been funded so far, and all but this computer right here and a couple of sets of headphones that you guys have paid for, and I really appreciate you for doing that, and I thank you so. Uh, without further ado... Without further ado, it's not what I'm saying yet. I gotta do that at the front first. Who cares? <laughs> anyway, might see you guys later on. Might not. We don't know. We'll. Uh, it'll be. It'll be a game time decision. So that being said, love you. Mean it. Enjoy your day. Be a good person. A world full of shitty people. Don't be those people. Be a good person. Make the decision to be a good person. I love you. I mean it. Peace, bitches.